What is up, everybody? It is your boy. It's me. It's me. It's we too deep. We'll get. We're gonna work on that to where we get it across the screen the right way. But you know, I'm a little. I'm a little slow on that. <laughs> anyway, we'll get it right. We'll get it right the next time. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Slapping Me Wrestling Podcast. Of course, it's me, your host, We Too Deep. If you're listening on podcast networks, Spotify, um. Uh, Apple, Google, I think it's on iHeartRadio and, and a bunch of other places. Well, thank you again for for listening there. Leave us a, a comment, a review, uh, a rating, whatever the system is there. Follow, subscribe, again, whatever the system. Turn on the notifications. That way you get an alert anytime an episode is posted. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, I do also appreciate that as well. Same thing, like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a family member, um, have them watch, uh, you tell them they uh, tell them they won't regret it. Uh, we got uh, some good content to to go in here, and uh, um. Before we dive into that, let's get um, some housekeeping out of the way. If you're watching the YouTube version, you already see a change on the screen. Um, if you're listening on uh, on podcast networks, you ne won't necessarily see it because, of course, you're not watching the video. Um, but with that... Um, we, uh, me, Junkyard, James, as well as Cody have sort of come together and decided we want to build this thing as a community and, and, and not just a community of just, you know, casual fans or just hardcore fans, but rather a community of wrestling fans. Um, and with that, with me, Junkyard, James and Cody have come together and, and, and James and and Cody sort of already had this thing running, and I'm sort of joining into it. The Junkyard Media Group. You can see the logo on the video, um, the JMG logo there at the bottom left. Now um, that will be here. That will sort of be the branding for that. We'll remove the uh, um, until I could figure out a new software that. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll figure something out. I know uh, Junkyard James is using something new where you can have multiple logos on the screen. I'm going to have to figure something out where I can get uh, all the logos on the screen. We'll figure something out. Uh, but that will be now sort of part of the show. Uh, with that also, part of the Junkyard Media Group will be, of course, Junkyard James and Cody's show beyond uh, the Junkyard which airs live on the Junkyard Media Group YouTube page every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Um, and then, of course, we'll go up on audio platforms after it is recorded. Um, again, that is Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time to check out Beyond the Junkyard with Junkyard James and Cody. Um, part of the sort of, I guess, agreement that we've come to is I will be on their show once a month um, as needed. And then they will sort of join periodically uh, on this show starting in the new year. Um, also joining will be DJ Wavy D, who will become more of a recurring guest um, starting in the new year. Um, and we'll get him on some of these shows as well, um, which leads me to the last announcement, which is sort of the schedule to finish out 2023. We'll have this episode. I'm doing an episode on Wednesday for um, uh, NXT deadline predictions. That will happen on Wednesday. And then we'll have uh, the review show on Saturday. And then the last episode of the year will be next Tuesday would be the best of 2023, which will have me, of course, DJ Wavy D. Uh, Junkyard James and Cody all planned to be there. Um, we'll see how life goes and see if all four of us can actually get on. And we will go through our best of 2023. I've already given them all the categories. Should be a fun episode to say the least. Um, with that, though, let's uh, uh, get dive right on in to this episode some of the stuff that I have planned uh, to talk about here. So the first thing I want to talk about is I was in a, a discussion over the weekend and uh, it was over what John Mox, I guess John Moxley was asked a question about, uh, you know, CM Punk and, and his response was, you know, they do entertainment. We do wrestling. It's essentially sort of me summarizing his response. And, and that didn't sit well with some people. And I I, I don't understand why not. Because I, I thought that that was sort of the understanding that WWE does entertainment, and that's how they see themselves. And then NXT, or excuse me, not NXT, AEW, uh, AEW does, you know, what we would consider pro wrestling, right? And this, this is how, how Vince McMahon has seen his company really forever. I mean, I remember, you know, watching, I think it was the Monday night wars documentary as well as other places as well, where, um, uh, you know, the, the sort of, uh, lore and story is when, when Turner bought Jim Crockett, um, and became, and it became, uh, WCW, he called Vince McMahon and said, Hey, I'm in the wrestling industry. And Vince sort of just sort of nonchalantly pushed it off and said, Well, I'm in the sports entertainment industry. That's how it's always been viewed. Um, I, and, and so I had to defend AEW over the weekend. And I know you're probably looking at me like, What? You're defending AEW? Yes, because I think we have to judge them fairly. What I don't think is fair is to be like, Well, Moxley can't say Vince McMahon can make that distinction. John Moxley can make the distinction. If you're going to be mad at the distinction, 
be mad at Vince McMahon. Because let's understand, what AEW is doing is in its very nature what the pro wrestling industry has been really since its 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 foundation, really since its founding and 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 its initiation as as a, a entertainment source has been what AEW is doing and WWE has really been the one that really is doing everything different. Um and so we can't get mad when they consider themselves pro wrestling because what they're doing is the pure definition of pro wrestling. Vince McMahon didn't have to Vince McMahon just thought wrestling was a dirty word. And so he wanted to call it sports entertainment. He wanted to make it sound bigger than it actually was. And now I'm not going to deny that McMahon didn't change the industry. I thoroughly believe he's the most important person in the history of the business. That without Vince McMahon and without WWE, the industry, I'm not going to say would be dead, but it would be very, very, very different. Um, and so I don't understand the frustration with Moxley's answer here. I actually think Moxley is correct. Um, I really do. I really think Moxley is correct in this. There's a very distinct difference in the product. Um, AEW sees itself as a glorified indie show. And I don't think that's necessarily bad. But what I feel is, is that there's a lot of more so casuals than hardcores, but a lot of fans who don't go to indie shows who have never been there. And so they don't understand what AEW actually is. Do they have storylines? Absolutely. They do have storylines, but that doesn't necessarily make it the same as WWE. Because WWE, the entire show is story, whereas AEW is more match-based. And they run storylines, but it runs through the in-ring product, not necessarily the promos, right? And that is pro wrestling. That is indies. That's how it's mostly always been. Um, you have your promo, guys, but you have a lot of things that happen in the ring. The match is sort of the centerfold of the, the 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 show itself. And again, I think we should support indie indie wrestling. I really do. Um prior to the pandemic, I went to two years straight every single month, 13 shows a year for our local indie show. Had a grand time. Casual fans, listen to me. Go out and watch an independent wrestling show. Go find an indie company near you or that runs shows near you and just go. You'll have a wonderful time. It is a very, very good environment for the most part. I'm not going to say every promotion runs, you know, well, but, um, and, and, and you, you will have to understand you're going to be dealing with a lot more hardcore fan base. Um, but, but a lot of these shows, especially the ones that I went to, I think from my experience, indie shows are fantastic. Um, when you sit there and you just watch it for the entertainment and not trying to compare it to what it's not. And so that's what I think we need to do with AEW. We can't judge AEW through WWE's lenses because the product's not the same. You have to judge it for what it is, not for what it's not. So you can't judge AEW for what we would judge WWE for because they're separate. You have to judge WWE through the WWE lens and judge AEW through the AEW lens. If right, 
And 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 so that's basically all I got to say about this. I don't really think I can go on much longer about this topic. Um, it it just sort of I don't know. It caught me off guard that I actually was in a place of having to defend AEW because I don't understand what what Moxley said that was wrong. The business is entertainment, absolutely. But Vince McMahon was the one that sort of separated pro wrestling from sports entertainment. The industry. AEW, if we're honest, AEW is pure pro wrestling. It historically is what pro wrestling has always been. Um, outside of maybe some of the gimmicks with the 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 kicks and the flips and the super acrobats, that, that may not necessarily always have existed, uh, at least in American pro wrestling. Um, but AEW is a sort of a, a gathering of all the world styles in one place doing what wrestling has historically been known for wwe is really the, the the one that really is the one that's different than the rest of the industry so we'll move forward um on the show with dj wavy d i didn't really talk about cm punk as much and give my opinion um and and we talked about it but i didn't necessarily give like a personal opinion so that's where this show right here is where it's gonna happen so cm punk's back and and I, I preface this again saying um, I never once said that I can recall that CM Punk would not come back to WWE. I think anyone with some brain cells kind of figured that this was going to happen. My argument and my, my um, position was even if he didn't come back, it was not a negative. I, I, I asked this question. If CM Punk's music did not play and they just turned the cameras off the way Survivor Series ended with Randy Orton's return and, and the, that team winning the match, would you have been disappointed? Because I was on an emotional high with Randy Orton. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. The show itself was kind of, eh, in my opinion, up till this match. The women's war games match was pretty good until Randy's music hit though. After that women's war games, I really didn't have a lot to cheer for. And so when Randy's music hit, I was pumped. I got out of my chair, you know, he started coming to the ring and I was like, kick his ass, Randy, kick his ass, Randy. Right. And, and I, and I got hype for Randy. And then the, the right. So the, he, he does his thing in the match ends. They win. If they would have just turned the camera off there, I would have been happy, right? And so it's sort of like I had my cake right there, right? And and the cake was looking good, and, I, and the show would have turned off. And, and what they fed me in terms of my cake was happy, would have made me satisfied, right? I was satisfied. And then they came on top though, with the CM Punk and put some whipped cream on top and, and added it a little bit more to it, a little bit extra, made it a little bit more fancier, right? CM Punk didn't make the, the ending any better to me in terms of like, or he didn't make me satisfied. Not having him would not have disappointed me. Having him though, made it better, right? Having him though, made the, the, the ending better, but if he didn't show up, it wouldn't have made it worse. And, and, and so, I I feel like I'm justified in my saying that CM Punk's not necessary to the show. 
They already were selling out arenas. They already have the show basically sold out until they added the new seats. They the merch is fine. They it's not a necessary need to have CM Punk, but we have him. So now that's not the argument. But that was my argument. But now that we have him, here's my question. And it's the same question I've been asking for about a month now. We get Rollins. We obviously know they're going to give him reigns at some point. But what else are we going to get with CM Punk? Because I don't really know if anything else is really necessary. There's a lot of dream matches I guess people could create. But is Shinsuke versus Punk really something you all want to see? Is like the only other thing that I could think of other than Rollins and Reigns is uh, that's the thing. I don't really know anything. Those are the only two matches that I could really think of that we can get with CM Punk that would really make any difference to me. I just, the only other thing I would do is what I've been saying that we should do with him, and that's put him on NXT and, and to build a faction that takes over the main roster leading into Survivor Series next year. And so I really, you know, you get Punk, Rollins maybe at Royal Rumble, maybe Reign sometimes in the in the summer, and then maybe have him go to NXT. And as, as we're leading in after SummerSlam, we have like two or three shows before Survivor Series, have him build um, that, uh, uh, have him go into an NXT and have him build a faction to maybe make it a three-way uh, NXT Raw SmackDown Survivor Series like takeover type show. And, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, that'll be a pretty good first year for, for CM Punk, in my opinion. Um, but, but my question is, is what else is, is, is Punk going to do other than Rollins and Reigns? That's, that's my question. Um, but the bigger thing that I want to talk about is there's a certain person who throughout the summer, throughout the fall, as we headed into winter, everyone was telling me, we too deep, you got to get on the hype train. This man's the next big thing. He's going to be the one to get his WrestleMania moment. And that man's LA Knight. And I was saying throughout the summer, throughout the fall, heading into winter, I'm not going to hop onto it. They seem like they want to build off of him, but I'm not going to build this hype. I'm not going to get hype. I'm not going to jump on the hype train because I don't think it's going to last all that long. And, and, and lo and behold, I have a question. Is L.A. Knight lost in the shuffle? And I have an answer. And that answer is, yeah. Yeah, he's lost in the shuffle. What more is L.A. Knight going to do that he, right? He, he got the opportunity against Reigns. Unless you move him to Raw and put him against Rollins, which I don't see you doing, CM Punk and Randy Orton has overshadowed him. And this is what I said was going to happen. This is literally the definition of flavor of the month. I told y'all this would happen. I told you LA Knight would get pushed back into the mid-card when, when talent shows up on the show. And it's not a negative towards LA Knight. He's just not main event guy. He's going to sell the merch because people like the catchphrase. 
But guess what? That doesn't mean you automatically get a main event opportunity. He had a shot against Reigns. And 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 Reigns, you know, I get it. It's storyline. Reigns beat him in that. But but did he draw outdraw Roman there? Did people care about uh him because he was LA Knight? Or did they care about him because he was going against Roman Reigns? LA Knight's lost in the shuffle. He's been relegated back to the mid-card. And I told you this was going to happen. I told everybody, don't get on the hype train. This will be another Kofi Kingston. Where they get an opportunity. And then several months later down the line, when actual talent come back, when Brock Lesnar comes back, Kofi gets over. And his run's done, right? He gets beat. Well, well, they Randy Orton's back and Punk is back, and and there's already a stacked main roster, a uh, main event scene right now. And so LA Knight not able to really swim up there, he goes back to where he's comfortable, and I think it's where he belongs, and that's the mid card. He he's fantastic talent. He's great on the mic. He's great selling merch. He does all of that, and he's fine with it. But he's not a main event player. And he's not the future of the company. You'd be foolish to build around him. I get it. He still has probably 10 years left in him. But you have the future in Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams and and Braun Breaker. And you want to build around LA Knight? Come on, man. You're not going to do that. This is to be honest with yourself. You're just not going to do it. Right. So is LA Knight lost in the shuffle? Yeah. He's been regulated to Slim Jim commercials and backstage segments and promos and selling merch and, and the mid card. And that's not a bad place to be. Him versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania will be a banger of a match. Will be a banger of a match. I'm pretty certain that's what we're gonna get. It will be a banger of a match. But until then, what's what's he gonna do? He's probably going to be in the Royal Rumble. Well, he'll probably lose. Right? And so, what else is there for LA Knight really to do? I feel like they've done everything that he could do instead of just giving him that U.S. title, which is why I said, give him the U.S. title first. Let him win it. And then give him a run with it and see what what the reaction is with him as U.S. champion. Right. All right. So we're going to go to our main thing, our main topic, our title, uh, our episode title segment. And this is going to be the first ever We Too Deep Top 20 Finest Women in the WWE. This is in the spirit of DJ Wavy D, who released the Top 25 WWE Baddies according to DJ Wavy D. Uh, he did 25. I technically have 21, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. When we get to that person who I added earlier this morning to make it 21, we'll, 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 we'll tell you the story. Um, but we'll go through. We'll start at 21. We'll work our way all the way up to the top of the list. And uh, what I want you guys to look out for, 
and then put in the comments and either of the video on YouTube or in the discord that you join. Tell me what you think the trend I'm, I want you to guys to find. There's, there's uh, three trends that I sort of recognized as I was doing this list. I want to see if you guys catch the trends as well. I'm a trend person. Um, see if you can catch what my, my trends are, or do I have like, like I found like I have like a three separate types of women that I find myself attracted to. And I think you could sort of see that in this, uh, this list. All right. So let's start at the bottom with 21. So I want to be, uh, upfront. I, this is raw SmackDown and NXT DJ wavy D's list is only main roster. I did include NXT cause that's what I'm more familiar with. Um, and uh so yeah uh so we'll, we'll go with that um so 21 number 21 on this list is our nxt women's champion lyra valkyria uh about a year ago she debuted on nxt and really didn't have a care in the world about her but over the last year she's got herself over with me She's, um, you know, around this part of the list, this is really like the, uh, you're cute type, type part of the list. Uh, and you're cute, you're attractive, but not necessarily drop dead gorgeous. Right. And so, uh, moving on number 20 on the list is, um, soul Ruka. Um, which probably surprised people that she's so low because, you know, over this this year, I sort of was like fangirling over her, uh, fanboying, whatever the hell, you know, whatever it is, you know. Uh, but, yeah, she's she's sort of low on the list. She's a little bit lower. I don't feel like she, you know, when I, when I think critically about this list and not just put something together, I have to put her a little bit lower on the list. Um, like I said, it's the you're cute, you're attractive. There's there's things about you. I don't want to really give a lot of depth into why she made the list because then I will give away one of the trends um, that I want you guys to find. Um, but she, uh, yeah, she, she she's she's in that like you're you're not drop dead gorgeous, uh, like um, I'd risk it all for you category yet. But she she's she's she is you know, up there. I am definitely attracted to her next on the list. Num number 19 newcomer to NXT. And that is Carmen Petrovic, uh, Carmen Petrovic. Um, yeah, she, uh, probably my favorite on NXT right now. I'm beyond like, like newcomer. Um, she won the tour, the, the breakout tournament to me. Um, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, she won it to me. Um, and I know the, so the winner of that Lola vice, she's not on this list. Um, and that's actually, you know, surprising to some, but I don't necessarily think she's all that attractive. I think that, um, she gets a lot of hype because of how she, I mean, she thick, which is fine, but thick is not attractive to, or well, thick is attractive to me, but you got to have more than just being thick to be attractive. Right. Uh, and so like Lola Vice isn't on this list, which is crazy to some people I know. Um, like I ain't got Roxanne Perez on here. Roxanne Perez to me, like, would be like 20, 22, 23, right? On this list. She she's cute and she, you know, 
she just doesn't necessarily, you know, you know, when you got, when you got to limit yourself to 20, 21, you know, you can't, you can't put everyone on this list. Right. Uh, and I do want to just say like, this isn't me trying to be like objectifying to women. I personally think all women are, are gorgeous in, in, in some way, shape or form. Um, and personally, this is, you know, I respect everyone on this list, everyone off the list for mastering the craft that they do. Definitely. This is more of just, you know, just a little bit of fun. I know in today's culture doing a list like this, you know, it's like, oh, you're here. Here's the, the men objectifying the women again. No, nah, man, y- y'all are y'all are worth a lot more than what you look. But when we're judging looks and when we're putting in, you know, the finest women, yeah, the, the qualification is literally, are you attractive? Um, and so I, I don't want people to come off and be like, oh, he's objectifying women. Um, it's more of a, I respect you and your craft. And now I'm going to say, okay, yeah, who do, wh- when I look at, you know, the women's wrestling roster and, and, and we, we, we look at who is attractive. There's a lot of, there's there's pretty much everyone in WWE is attractive to me, right? Who, who's my top 20, right? So again, it's not necessarily objectification. I just want to go ahead and sort of put that out there, right? So moving on up the list, number 18 is Fallon Henley. And this is solely a gimmick thing. And it's not that I only find her attractive because of her gimmick. It's, it's, uh, when she she worked AEW Dark a couple of times before she came over to NXT, um, and she, I, I didn't know who she was, didn't necessarily care, but they gave her this this sort of like redneck cowgirl uh, gimmick, and she, it completely changed the way I looked at her. Um, because I, I I live in the South, I the, you know red redneck women just have a special place in my heart in terms of attractiveness and Fallon Henley plays this role perfectly. Like she's, she, we're starting to get closer to that drop dead. I'll risk everything category. Um, we'll move on up. Number 17 is Cora Jade. Um, surprisingly low. I think For most people I think would have Cora Jade a little bit high, but again, in the same, uh, asset in the same, uh, mindset of as Lola Vice sort of getting knocked down. Cora Jade got knocked down because I think people only find her attractive because of because of the boob job. And I thought she was attractive uh before then. And I feel like so personally to me I'm an ass guy. All day will never change. I am an ass guy. To me, if it's bigger than a handful, if there's if it's more than a handful, it's too much titty. That's that's my that's my uh philosophy so if it's more if there's more titty than what can fit in my hand it's too much titty and and i and again if core j did this to make herself feel good or whether it is for career advancement it doesn't bother me all i'm saying is is i don't necessarily find her more attractive because she got the boob job right um and so she is lower on the list but she definitely is attractive 16 is maxine dupree not much really to say there other than I just want to talk about her career advancement in terms of like everyone always says Vince doesn't know how to bring people up and, and always sort of like when, when he calls people up, they don't go anywhere. And, and right. But 
where was Maxine in NXT? She was a, a, a manager named Sophia Cromwell, and no one gave two shits about her. She gets caught up, and the Maximum Male models didn't really necessarily work, but but Triple H definitely fixed it and and, and made something out of it. And Maxine Dupree is, is solid now, man. She, she's, she's a big mainstay. I love Alpha Academy and everything they're doing. Um, and so Maxine Dupree, she uh, she she has some some stake now. Like she, like people care about her. All right, number fifteen on this list. We end uh, well. Maxine's the first uh, main roster person, um, but next is Alexa Bliss on at number fifteen. Um, she just she's just five foot of crazy. And and I don't know if y'all will pick up on this trend because it's not very evident. But I love short girls um sh uh, short to me is anything under average so average woman height is five four so anything uh any so anything below average and everything above average i'm attracted to i don't want average i don't want bored not saying you're boring it's it's more of a a joke there but like five foot that's attractive as hell to me and it's like oh and they all tend to be crazy as shit and and so like you're crazy you're, you're cute, you're fun size. What else more do I need? What else more do I need? Alexa Bliss, attractive as hell. Um, number 14 on this list is Chelsea Green. And I know if I messed that up, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, Chelsea, she's one of those where, like, I didn't know where I would put her, but when I when I first had this idea of doing this, she was one of the first ones that I thought of of being on this list because she's just she's attractive as hell and i didn't know where she would end up i knew she wasn't like top 10 but she definitely was one of the first people i thought of as she's got to be on this list somewhere right number 13 is Liv morgan um and, and not really much to say about lives it's kind of the same about alexa i think lives a little bit taller than alexa but yeah it's it's a little crazy uh uh, it's a it's it's the crazy in Liv Morgan that I'm, I'm more so attracted to than anything else. Liv Morgan gets a little bit knocked down because she's a little clumsy. And one of the trends that you'll find out, you'll she's sort of the opposite of that trend. Uh, number twelve is Bianca Belair. Um, I think what really knocks me down is with, with Bianca is i'll be honest it's the braid like she her natural hair makes her so much more attractive in my opinion and so to have and i get it it's the gimmick and it sells merch and all of that but if, if they would let her go natural in her hair and it's the sh you know short like normal length hair and not the braid she's so much more attractive in my opinion uh number 11 is charlotte flair and this is actually very weird to have her on this list for me because if you would have asked me two, three, four, or five years ago, she was no, she would be like number a hundred. Like, like I wouldn't even even consider her attractive because I had the unpleasurable uh, honor of stumbling upon her leaked pictures. And y'all don't don't look them up, please don't save yourself the the horror. Um, and for the longest time, whenever I saw Charlotte, I literally saw Ric Flair with boobs and, and, and yeah, I, and uh, I think what really did it is they didn't let her play into her femininity. 
And now she's really playing into that. And so she's playing into her femininity on social to where you could sort of see her, uh, her womanhood. And, and, and I don't know about you, but just that in and of itself is, is attractive. It's seeing, seeing a woman be feminine is attractive to me. It's something that is super, especially in this culture where we sort of have, uh, this, this sort of idea that standard masculinity and standard femininity are toxic and, and, and we got to get rid of that. And we have to, femininity is, is, is attractive, just being feminine and seeing her play into that on socials with, you know, uh, the way some of her, like she plays into that. Now she, she, she poses and she looks good and, you know, and, and, rather than always sort of staying in character, her sort of playing into her feminine side. I find that super attractive. So now we're at the top 10 and number 10 is the one I added this morning. So I finalized the top 20 minus her. Right. And then I got on Instagram and I saw a picture of her and I looked at her and I said, wait a minute, she's not on the list and she has to be on the list. Cause she's like my, my secret crush right now. Like if, if she's like the new crush of the month for, for, for we too deep over here. Um, and that is, that is Samantha Irving and she has to be top 10 cause she's a smoke show. And in a, like, I, this is now starting the, I will risk it all for you category. And, and yeah, she fits that category. Like Ricochet, you got a lucky one. Yeah. Like you lucky, my dude, you lucky, my dude, don't, don't waste this opportunity. Uh, cause, because you got a lot of dudes waiting for you to slip up so they could come steal your girl from you and she could sing and she got a voice on her and, and she's, she seems like an awesome person to be around and, and personality to me is, is more attractive than actual looks in my opinion. And I mean, she, 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 she looks good as well. So that's like an extra bonus, right? So Samantha Irving at number 10 at number nine we have jade cargill yeah i don't know if there's like she literally looks like a greek goddess she is fine and and this now we're starting to get to the the fine with the capital f-i-n-e category number eight is sonia deville and i feel a lot of men put her lower on their list because she is lesbian and and that doesn't make a difference to me. She's fine. Like she, she is fine. And, and, and I'm not going to hold her back because of who she d- deserves. I got none of these women would reciprocate how I feel with them anyway. So I'm not going to judge her harsher because she wouldn't reciprocate how I feel about her. Right. And yeah, she, yeah, yeah ain't much else to say. Um, number seven is JC Jane. She's the only one on this list that I personally have met. Um, uh, When she was on the indie scene, I talked about I went to two years straight of independent shows. She was at one of them or two of them, actually. And I've, you know, I talked a little bit with her as I got to meet her, took a picture with her, uh, chatted a little bit um, with her. And and so probably a little bias there because I sort of know. Now, I don't know her, but like I've talked to her. And, and sort of got to actually physically see 
her personality. And so it's probably a little bit more biased in the in the list. But JC Jane is definitely, definitely attractive. Number six is Kiana James. I don't really think I need to say much about her. Just look at her and you'll understand. Number five. Here's our top five. Number five is Nakita Lyons. And we haven't seen her in a while. She's always hurt. But you but come on now. Again, not much you gotta say about Nikita Lyons. Just look at her and 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 you understand every reason why she's in the top five. Number four, this is probably gonna be the most controversial on the list, and that is Becky Lynch. But I don't know what it is about her. I don't know what it is, but I, I just don't know what it is about Becky Lynch. But she is mad gorgeous, like mad beautiful, right? Just, I know when she came back, everyone thought that she was too skinny, and I didn't necessarily care. I thought she, as long as she was healthy and no no health problems, she was fine. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's just something about when Becky Two Cheeks walks into the ring, I pay attention. Maybe it's the the Irish. Uh, I'm Irish. She's Irish. Um, I'm obviously less Irish than she is but it is a majority of my ancestry. Um, and so maybe that's part of it. But yeah, Becky Lynch at number four. Number three is Tiffany Stratton. And again, there's just something about, she's literally a Barbie, right? She's literally a Barbie, man. And she is attractive as all hell, right? And again, there's not much left to say other than like she's literally a barbie just look at her and you understand it number two is mommy herself Rhea ripley this is definitely the you know every every guy has a, a goth fetish i see i feel at this time like like we used to make like like i say this about anime like we used to make fun of people who watched anime when i was in middle school and high school and now it's like super popular and all the cool kids watch it um i don't but same thing with like emo golf girls like i remember like making fun of them in high school like um and never being attracted to a single emo golf girl and now like rhea ripley has completely shifted my opinion on that like gah now, i liked rhea ripley so much more though with with the blonde hair when she first debuted but golf rhea ripley i'm not going to complain i'm not going to complain at all about Gothria Rip. There's just something about it, man. Something about it. I don't I don't know what it is, man. Y'all figure it out for me. <laughs> uh and then number one, probably gonna surprise some people. Probably not. Dakota Kai. Right? Dakota Kai is number one. Just uh it, she's she's like I'm not gonna say she's perfect. Uh, but if there's anyone in WWE that I would risk it all for, like literally risk everything for, it's Dakota Kai. She does not look how old she is. She's like 35, 36. She doesn't look it. I would risk it all for Dakota Kai. Risk it all for her. I'm not even kidding. That may be a little bit too too much you know, simping uh, or whatever, but I would risk it all for Dakota Kai. She is, to me, what Asuka is to DJ Wavy D. Uh, she is my number one for certain. I will want to preface this, though. This is just a WWE list. 
she would be number two on an all women's wrestling list because number one would be Diana Parasso. Um, but y'all already knew that. Um, just because this is just an all WWE list, I still risk it all for Dakota Kai. I'm not even kidding. Um, so yeah, that that's that. Let's move on and, and end this episode with DJ Wavy D did leave some questions for us. Um, and then we'll end this show. So, um, he wants me to talk about, you know, the foreign language barrier calling matches and my thoughts on that. I really don't necessarily have any necessary, like actual thoughts on at the moment about it. I know it has to be difficult. I think what needs to happen is if you know, there's going to be a match, you have to give them time to sort of script it. These matches can't be called on spot because that just leaves people in in an awkward situation. I don't really have a lot of opinions on it though, to be honest. Um, the bigger question that I want to talk about that he asked was about Bailey getting kicked out of damage control. He wants to know if I think she, she will actually be the one kicked out. And I do. I think the only swerve we could get is if, if it's not Dakota, that's the leader of her being kicked out and rather she, she lines up to protect Bailey and it's an all Japanese faction versus Dakota Kai and and Bailey and maybe another partner three on three, which leads me to um, leads me to his second part of that question about do I think Sasha Banks will return? Yes, I do. I think eventually what we'll get is uh, Bailey Dakota Kai Sasha Banks versus Io Kyrie and Oscar. I think that will be the match either at Royal Rumble, probably not Royal Rumble, but more than likely at WrestleMania, we will have a six-woman tag match between those two teams. Um, That's where I think that is is headed. Um, But yeah, definitely, I believe Sasha Banks is coming back, without a doubt. Um, I I, I think, I, I said this, I said this when Endeavor took over. I said this. Do whatever it takes to get Sasha Banks. Do whatever it takes to get the guys at AEW want. So what do they do? Bring in Punk. Bring in Sasha Banks. Rumor is they're going to bring in Okada. You know, if MJF hasn't re-signed, do whatever it takes to bring in MJF. Bring in Ricky Starks. Bring in Wardlow, right? Just destroy AEW that way by just buying talent that they can't get. That is how you put them away. I don't want you to put them away. I want you to silence them and have them go into the little corner where they belong, right? But you do that by taking away access to the resources that they want. They want Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet. So you bring her in instead, right? I think that's a nail in the coffin if you bring in Sasha Banks. That's another nail in the coffin of AEW. If you do that, and I think it will happen at the Royal Rumble. Um, so that's how we'll end it again. Don't forget to check out um, this page, the We Too Deep page for uh, deadline predictions on Wednesday. On Thursday, again, on the Junkyard Media Group YouTube page, Beyond the Junkyard with Junkyard James and Cody, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, that's 9 p.m. Eastern Time. 
click the link in the description for the junkyard media group discord as well as slappingmeatwrestling.com for your slapping meat wrestling podcast merchandise again that is slappingmeatwrestling.com like share subscribe share the the audio with whoever wants to listen um thank you all for a fantastic 2023 with only what three episodes after this for the year i do appreciate everything that you guys have done over the year to to you know the people who have stayed with me over this year i appreciate it let's have a good 2024 as we head into the, the, the new year hope you guys you know stick it out for the next three episodes um and then uh have a great uh christmas new year's uh holiday season and uh yeah but thank you again mostly for watching today and again click all the links in the description um to join the discord and, and get your merchandise again thank you for watching my name's we too deep um you could find me on instagram and tiktok at we too deep 413 um with that again thank you for watching and listening and i will see you on the next episode brother i'm If I like it's a moment, I'll make sure it's an explosion. Cause lately I've been seeing stars trying to kick out of this joke. But it's not.